Angelito, you hear that sound? Those are Chivas fans still crying. Welcome to Did Someone Say Soccer? I'm your host, Nate. I'm with the homie Angelito and my brother, Jordan. Say what up, guys. What's up, everybody? Do we have a show for you tonight? This is how it's going to go down. We are going to talk some trash talk with Jordan. We're going to get into... Check Tierney's pockets, big match Gattuso, Martin's all-you-can-eat goat buffet, the De Bruyne and Benzema shows, Angelito's taco shop, and then we're going to do a review of the Supporter Scarf Cup. Let's do it. So in this segment, is called Trash Talking with Jordan, and this is where... A listener DMs us a question or statement, and it's usually directed at Jordan. If you guys want to get on here on our podcast with your question or statement, DM us, and we will get your question out there or statement to Jordan. This listener wants Jordan to reenact Abumniang and Arteta's confrontation before the Tottenham Arsenal match. Wow, man. Like, they can't even give me a fun one to do. I got to do this nonsense. All right. For those of you who don't know, Arteta had to sit um, Aubameyang because he showed up late. All right. <clears throat> Here we go. Aubameyang, why are you late? Well, coach, I'm sorry. Uh, daylight savings time's around the corner, and I just forgot, and, um, well, I lost my keys, and, uh, well, my electric car was frozen, and, uh, it, it's Tottenham, they're all sisters, we don't really care about them, right? Aubameyang, you're the team captain, you're supposed to be here 17 hours early before the game starts. Um, you're right, captaincy should just go back to Granite Saka. Uh, if you want, I can, I can, I can sit on the bench and maybe, um... I don't know. I can sit on the bench for you. Aubameyang, go sit on the bench and smile the entire time. All right, coach. I can do that for you. Meanwhile, Aubameyang sitting on the bench. Man, this is bullshit. I could have had 18 goals right now. Whatever. I'll just go rest myself up so we can win this very important Europa League championship because that's all we can go for now. I mean, I feel like that's how it went, right? <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> What's funny is that when Abumniang was being, I don't know, scolded or benched in the locker room in front of everybody, like no one disapproved of it. I guess isn't this this isn't his first time being late to a match, and I guess he blamed it on traffic, but then there's pictures of him his car being outside his house a half hour before he's supposed to be there. I mean, that's your captain, man. He doesn't care about being a captain for Arsenal. All he cares about is that paycheck opening up every Friday, direct deposit, looking at it and being like, man, 300000 so I can sit the bench all day, baby. Well, I guess he w- he didn't look too happy on the bench. And we, we talked about that when we were uh, 
doing the color cast comment commentary, and uh, I guess after the match, he like sped out and made sure everyone heard his uh, million dollar car. You know the old saying, man. I am benched. Hear me roar. <laughs> All right, so let's get into Check Tierney's pockets. And what I mean by that is Tottenham had a hell of a lineup going into this. And who did Tottenham put up against Tierney? Gareth Bale. What did Gareth Bale do this match? What did he do, Jordan? He did awesome, man. He played like half a game. He had maybe 2.1 touches. And I'm pretty sure he just uh, retired. I think he went golfing or something after the match. But Gareth Bale was in check the entire time. He didn't check back. He basically let Tierney do whatever he wanted on that side. And it was beautiful. Arsenal dominated that first half. But then... Wonder strike from Lamella. Nutmeg's parte. Beautiful placement. And the funny thing, this isn't the first time he's done this. He's actually done this on top of the 18 in the Europa League. And right before half, Odegaard gets a goal. It looked, uh, on paper, this match looked very promising. And um, like Nate said, it was a good lineup. Everything was looking good. And the 16th minute, sun, sun goes down and it changes, you know, the dynamic. They had to let in Lamella. They subbed him in. And that goal was amazing. It curved on the way in. I'm surprised that no one could put a foot in there and block it. At halftime, it looked pretty even. Uh, toward, at the end, it was 2-1. And Tottenham had a chance to tie it. Uh, two free kicks at the end. Harry Kane got close, but besides them, uh, besides that goal, they didn't really do much this game. And uh, even Lamella got a red card at the end too. So I guess they gave up. Forgot they were playing a top team since they had been playing uh, uh, the lower bottom of the table teams and uh, been beating them. All right, first things first. Why are we going to talk about Arsenal when they win, man? Unbelievable. All right, so, you know, it, you, our Tottenham played better when they had 10 men. It was a completely different team, but it's the same old Mourinho team. You're going to take one shot. If it goes in, then you're going to park the bus, and you're going to hope for the best outcome. I mean, you guys won, what, 2-1? At one point, it should have been 3-1, you guys, and then towards the end of the game, it should have been 3-3 all. It, it was an interesting game. It was fun to watch, but, I mean... It's just so disappointing that Son went out right away. I think that might have opened the game up more, but then again, we would have never got that wonder strike from Lamella. So let's take it to Italy. Big match Gattuso. If you would have listened to Pablo's Easy Money, I told you guys to bet on Napoli because Gattuso would have... He was going to have Napoli ready to go against his former side, AC Milan. AC Milan had five players out, and they had their striker, Ibrahimovic, on the bench also. Napoli ended up winning 1-0. What did you think about this, Angel? I thought that 
Napoli was going to win as well. Uh, when AC Milan is missing so many players and they have to change up uh, the formation or, you know, whoever's playing, it it changes the chemistry and uh, Napoli took advantage of their opportunities. They They weren't dominant, but all you need is the victory. It doesn't matter if it was a good win, bad win, ugly win, doesn't matter. As long as you win and get the three points, you know, Milan didn't, didn't step up and now they're losing points. Nate, Angelito, strap in, boys. I'm so sick and tired of this fool, Ibrahimovic. All right. First off, you come to the MLS, you can't make it, so you go running back to Italy and you join AC Milan. And you only play half the season because you're too old, but you're too good. Whatever, it doesn't matter. And then for your terrible reward or your terrible performances on the bench or your terrible attitude, I don't know, whatever, you get selected to represent Sweden. And the day you get elected or represent Sweden, uh, whoa, so Andrew can't even talk right. The day you get picked to represent Sweden again, you decide you need to sit on the bench? Good riddance, man. You couldn't hack it here in the MLS, so go over to Syria where nobody cares and you're forgotten about. Damn. Let's just talk about Gattuso a little bit. He has made it known that he's not going to be back at Napoli next year. So he's had won games against Juve already this season. Atalanta, he beat... Inter Milan in the, the Copa Italia, and now he just beat AC Milan. These are all the top teams that are above him in the table right now. And if you're Napoli, do you want to keep Gattuso? Do you want him to stay? I mean, if he doesn't want to stay, why are you going to try to force him? I think you should just you should try to sign someone that wants to be there, that wants to improve the team, and is looking forward to building... Uh, a different squad and uh, if he doesn't want to then don't even ask him I don't know where Gattuso goes from here I think that it'll be very interesting to see where he coaches next because he just has that certain way about him he kind of has that scary figure like you don't want to disappoint him because you know he'll be waiting for you in the locker room and he'll beat your ass so, oh, dude, he's going to coach AC Milan. That's the next move. So, Angel, being the Chivas fan of the group, how, <laughs> how did you feel about the Martins all-you-can-eat goat buffet? I mean, it, it's been hard being a Chivas fan these last couple years. They haven't been great. And... They've been losing to America, their biggest rival, for, you know, very embarrassingly. And uh, we we knew coming in that America was towards the top of the table. So we were hoping that it would be a low-scoring game and that Chivas would get lucky and, you know, come out on top. But the way they played this game was ridiculous. I mean, the the both of the first the first two goals... I mean, the headers, the first goal, the, the goalie, Dino, was way too far out. It's uh, 30 seconds or so left before halftime. They're very far away, and they score it. He lunges forward, realizes the ball's going to go over his head, and he doesn't have enough time to step back. 
and then goes over his hand. Goes in 1-0 halftime. The second one was off a corner, another, you know, stopped ball or whatever, but it wasn't his fault as much. But same thing, he's standing in a way in where he has to adjust and it, he can't get it back in time. He gets scored on again. In the third goal was the most embarrassing. Like, they lose the ball and, you know, uh, Cordova, he just goes behind everyone and he gets past Mourinho and he just taps it in by himself and they're still complaining about an offside when it was obvious that he was onside the whole time. And I think uh, what was most embarrassing was that they only had like one or two shots the whole game. You're not going to win playing like that. Dude, I'll tell you what, that first goal by this uh, Martin Henry or Henry Martin, however you say his name, he jumped in the air and I'm pretty sure he took a nap midair and then made contact with the ball and scored. This guy... Let me tell you what, he reeks of superstardom, all right? He has the looks, he has the swag. I'll tell you what, dude, when he comes over to St. Louis City Soccer Club next year, he's going to be great for the MLS. I was very impressed with Martin. I mean, he was, he just looked, he's just on another level right now, and he's playing awesome. And Cordova, he looked great out there. I, I think that's the Cordova that, Tata wants to see out there for the Mexican national team, but we haven't seen that yet. Would you agree with that, Angel? Yeah, I mean, I think last season uh, it went to his head uh, because everyone was praising him. And uh, when he was playing in the friendlies or whatever with Mexico, he was nowhere to be found. And this season, I think he he's finally, you know, it's less pressure on him with, uh, you know, Henry Martin balling out like that. I think he's the leading goal scorer of the league right now. And it, it makes it easier for him to kind of just uh, not be forced to be the, the center of attention. He's, he's also scoring, like, almost every game as well. So after the game, the Medica coach went up and started shaking all the Chivas, all the Chivas players' hands, saying "Good game, good game, good game." Before he went and celebrated, is that a sign of sportsmanship, or is that the ultimate diss after you just lost three nil? It's pretty simple, man. You say "Good game" to somebody who whooped that ass, and you just put your head down and go to the locker room. What else are you gonna do? You gonna try to fight him? They'll probably beat you again. <laughs> I, I don't think it was disrespectful. I don't know if the players would have thought that. But the fact that he he did that gesture instead of going to celebrate, that's why I would assume, like, he could have been in there celebrating already. You know, why would he wait out here? Just um, So that's why I don't think it was disrespectful. He could have just left and, you know, done a Linda interview, make fun of them or whatever. But he, he didn't. So, I mean, I would shake his hand if I was me, but... I don't know if all the players shook his hand or not, but in my opinion, he wasn't disrespectful. So where does Chivas go from here? Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, it's, uh, I think, what is it, about halfway through the season. They haven't won much, 
I think this is their third loss. I can't remember off the top of my head. But they they tied most of their games. So they're like borderline playoff team with the with all the points they got right now. But no one's going to be scared to play this team. And, uh, you know, they're very awful on uh, set pieces. And I can't see them, even if they make it to the playoffs, getting to, like, uh, the final. Does Chivas keep this coach? Or do they they sack him after the season? At this point, I think they're going to sack him. But with so many coaches that they've had in these last couple of years, you got to uh, realize it's not the coaches. There's only so much they can do. And uh, the players uh, that they have are just not not producing what they should be. So how do you feel about then Chivas finally admitting that their style is wrong and they're starting to look outside of Mexico for talent? I had uh, I had already uh, wanted kind of this to happen in a sense because with them only having Mexicans, I know that sets them apart, and that's why a lot of people follow them and prefer Chivas over other teams. I think uh, there's only so many Mexican players you can have, and when other teams know that they overvalue or sell you the players at you know very high because they know you can only have Mexican players. If they were to expand a little bit, then it allows them to look into getting other players or if someone's trying to oversell them a player, they can be like, well, we, we don't need him because now we got another option. However, I if this were to happen, it should be like American players that, uh, that are... Mexican in a sense, like their parents, you know, were born in Mexico or they were born in Mexico. So even though they, if they decide to expand, it should just, this should still be considered Mexican, but Mexican American would be fine to me or, uh, Mexican, you know, from any other country, like if they were, if they live somewhere else. What if they're American Mexican? That's fine with me as well. Uh, <laughs> I know that a couple of years ago, uh, you know, the Mexican national team, they didn't want the Mexican-American uh, United States-born players to be on the team because they didn't count them as real Mexican. And I thought that was kind of dumb because these players wanted to play for you and they're telling them, no, because you were of where you were born, you're not going to be allowed to join the national team. So if they consider themselves Mexican, uh, why would you deny them the opportunity to play for the Mexican team or Chivas in the sense. Speaking of that, Galaxy player Efrain Alvarez just committed to the Mexican national team. And he is uh, a Mexican-American. I mean, when you know you're not going to get any playing time with the American national team, you obviously go where the talent's a lot weaker so you can get on the field. <laughs> so the qualifying for the Olympics is coming up here pretty soon. United States and Mexico are in the same group. And in order to qualify for Tokyo, you have to be the winner of the semifinal. So each winner of, each winner of the semifinals moves on. So to qualify for the Olympics, 
and Mexico and the United States are placed in the same group. So this is going to be very interesting. Oh, yeah. It will be. I mean, either one person on this podcast is going to be upset or two people are going to be crying about it. I, you know, let's see what happens. Okay, well then, let's talk about this uh, Champions League Tuesday. We had the De Bruyne show and the Benzema show. I think that these matches were uh, they were pretty much over in the first the first leg. Uh, Atlanta didn't show up. They got that red card. Uh, they had they had time to even out this match, and I thought it was going to be more interesting. But Vinicius just came out and. You know, he missed the easy one after he took everyone, missed the easy goal, and right after he gets behind the defense again and he gets the PK. As soon as that PK went in, we you could see it in the Atalanta players that they kind of gave up. And uh, for the Man City game, we never thought Gladbach had a chance, and they didn't even score in either leg. So, uh, I mean, Man City, like we have said, they're, they're going to be – the most likely team to dethrone Bayern Munich. This is pretty simple, man. I mean, it's pretty cut and dry. Manchester City, go to hell. Win a Champions League, finally. Real Madrid, win 11. Okay. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about that De Bruyne goal. Holy shit. Top, top shelf, top titties. That was a beautiful rocket for the left foot. It was nasty. It had so much, so much power that it could not be stopped, and it was beautiful. Like I think, uh, it, it was the best goal of today's games. Dude, I don't know what my man Isco has to do to get some playing time. It's 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 a shame. Just put him in there, Zidane. Come on, now you're just being mean, holding grudges, just because he has hair and you don't. Let it go, man. Probably doesn't want to put him in there because he knows it's going to take 15 minutes to get his hair done. All right, so let's go into Angelito's Taco Shop. All right, everyone. So kind of what I was just saying right now, this Champions League, uh, if you looked at the games from last week that we didn't cover, was it uh, the Barcelona PSG game? And uh, it was a one-to-one game. And, you know... Mbappe gets the penalty and once he scored that game was over because the first leg was so one-sided I was talking to some of our listeners and one of the listeners told me that this version of Messi can't save Barca and that this version of Barca can't save Messi and I the way I see it is Barcelona's gonna go downhill and supposedly they're trying to go after Holland but I don't see them getting them anyways so if you look at all this round of 16 games, most of them are very one-sided, very boring. I mean, they, you didn't need two legs. I kind of wish they would have kept the format from last season where it's uh, one game because it allows for, for more upsets. So my, my thing is, why are they trying to change the formats and uh, add more teams to like the Champions League or to the World Cup? when the teams that are going to be added are going to make no difference in the outcome. It's going to always be the big dogs that are going to be in the playoffs and in the finals. If you add like weaker teams, they're just going to be there to show up and get scored on and humiliated. 
So what's the point of adding all these teams and making the tournament so long when now it seems most most of the the games up to like the quarterfinals are going to be one-sided. So I think they should just stop trying to change the format. If anything, make it shorter so it's more interesting by having one-game knockouts. That way, everyone has to be playing their best and you're not worried about, oh, well, we have, you know, more away goals or whatever. So that's just my point today. I think the uh, the real question is, if you guys are going to let so many teams in the Champions League you might as well open the doors for teams like Barnsley to come knock it out. And if you're even more, you know, looking for some excitement, why don't you open the doors, get a first-class ticket, and send the crew over so we can spank some people and show them what's up? <laughs> I mean, if, we, if they start letting more teams and more teams play, Arsenal's going to be in there getting humiliated at Bayern Munich all the time. <laughs> That's fucked up. <laughs> all right. So let's get into the Supporter Scarf Cup review. Wow, boys. This is turning out to be something. The second round. Congrats to the Cloud9 ladies to move on. Never say die. Those ladies were down, I want to say, close to 40 votes at one point. Came back and beat... Los Verde, because Los Verde gave up. Thought they already had it won. I was I was shocked, dude. I thought uh, Los Verde would definitely bring a little bit more fire and energy. Um, as a crew fan, thank you, Cloud9. Well done. Uh, Los Verdes, thanks for uh, playing next year. You know, it's just, it's just one defeat. Get used to it. You still got to play the crew. I'm just kidding. Thanks for playing, guys. That was awesome. <laughs> I mean, what a rally by Cloud9. Uh, it shows you that, uh, you know, they got the word out there. And even though they were behind, they never gave up. And they got everyone to come in and support them. Which, uh, you know, if if you spread the word and you have your friends and your family vote for you, you, you always have a chance to win. So... To those teams that still remain, if you're behind, hit up all your friends. You can still come back. It's not even that. They even had the GM of Sky Blue. They had the coach and some players even help them out. They even went as far to get some the trombone players throughout the whole New York area. That's dope. Yeah, that's cool. That's dope. I, I'm very impressed with them. They're going to be a hard team to beat, man. Now, right now, we have Yellow Nation Army versus Sons of Ben. Yellow Nation Army is flexing right now. They are showing how massive Crew Nation is right now. It's, it's opening your eyes up to see, like, these other, te- these other squads, they're going to have to step up their game if, they're, if they go up against uh, Yellow Nation. Yeah, I would say if Yellow Nation pulls this off, they, you know, they might be the heavy favorite. Every time their scarf goes up, they get a huge following. So tonight, around 10.30, we're going to have the Battle of L.A. We're going to have the Rebellion 99 versus Empire Boys. 
I'm excited about this one. I'm excited to see what the Rebellion can do and see what kind of backing they get. Yeah, I, I'm excited for them too. You know, they uh, they were active during the first round and then I, I haven't seen much in the second round. So hopefully they've just been plotting and scheming. Show there's a, show there's a new queen of LA. All right, so let's get into final thoughts. Jordan? All right, so my final thoughts. I am so pumped that Musa decided he wanted to play for the future World Cup winners. You know, he <laughs> saw that. <laughs> he saw, he sees the talent that we have. And if you're a fan of the U.S. national team, that's all you want. You just want players to see and recognize talent that you have and choose and want to play for you. And I mean, that's huge for us. I also do not agree with Alexi Lawless at all. Homeboy was talking about if he had to choose a starting nine right now, the only person he could think to choose would be Josie Altidore. That just shows you how behind this man is when it comes to thinking outside his his little, I don't know, <laughs> You don't choose Josie Altador right now when you have such a young wave coming and going. I mean, it's just an insult to all the younger players out there. Josie Altador has no reason to ever be on the field again for the U.S. men's national team. That's just my my final thought. <laughs> so <clears throat> my final thought is uh, Bayern Munich is playing tomorrow, and... There is news that they are going to let uh, Manuel Neuer rest and their backup goalkeeper, his future replacement, uh, Alexander Nubel, will be starting against Lazio. So let's see uh, how, how he uh, shows up to this game because he was complaining that he wasn't getting enough time and now he's at the, at the Champions League, the big stage, and he shouldn't be making any mistakes because they're up four to one. So let's just let them be calm and get used to being in the Champions League because, you know, Bayern is there every year and he's going to have to get used to the pressure. Also, tomorrow we're going to see uh, probably the closest and best match out of the Champions League with would be Chelsea versus Atletico. So I have Chelsea winning and uh, advancing. I'm so pumped for the MLS to start back up. I'm excited to see. Yeah, I'm excited to see what this season brings. I am also excited to see these ladies play in the NWSL. And I know we are a pod heavy EPL Bundesliga Serie A pod. We don't cover much of the MLS or NWSL, but this summer we will be heavy on the MLS and the NWSL. We want to show the ladies love, and we want to show the MLS love. I am so pumped for how this uh, Supporter Scarf Cup is going. I did not think that it's going to be this much fun, and I did not think that this so, this it would be getting this much support. Uh, thank you guys so much already, and let's keep it going. Keep voting. Keep Keep trying to get your, your group to, to win. So make sure you guys tell your friends and tell your family. Get out there and vote. And 
We will be back on Friday for Pablo's Easy Money. And we will be giving you guys some great bets so you guys can make some money this weekend. All right. Well, we'll see you. Yo, we also got to figure out how the hell to watch a USL game, you know? Got to show El Paso some love. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. If anybody knows how to watch El Paso locomotive play, send us a, a DM at DSSS Podcast. See <laughs>